Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I'm back to the to the traditional setup. I'm not on the couch this week. So I am sitting up straight. Rest assured, my posture will be immaculate through the, throughout the entirety of this episode. You can uh, you can take that to the bank. Um I would like to start this episode off by remembering and commemorating a good friend of mine that actually passed away uh, this past week. Committed suicide, actually. Jean-Luc Brunel, um, modeling icon, genius, model scout, uh, was found hanging in his jail cell. He was arrested for absurd charges of what, like, sex trafficking? Sex trafficking? That's what they said, sex trafficking. This is sex trafficking. And because he was such a kind, gentle soul, and he was having to deal with all of this stress of being arrested on charges uh, uh, for sex trafficking and child molestation, and, uh, you know, the, the absolute slandering of his good name in the media, the seditious libel, he couldn't take it anymore, and he hung himself. He hung himself in his jail cell. And a lot of people were saying, oh, Zach, isn't it weird that his, the security cameras to his cell were, were turned off when he hung himself? Hey, maybe that was just God's way of sparing the world from having to see an angel fall. You ever think about that? You ever think that Jean-Luc Brunel's security cameras to his prison cell turned off while he hung himself was God's way of sparing useless pain that people would have to feel watching a beautiful man like him cause his own demise. You ever think about that? You conspiracy nuts. You conspiracy nuts. So what a few kids got sex trafficked? Sometimes you have to sacrifice things for the greater good. Let me ask you something. What type of world would you rather live in? A world where there's no kids getting sex trafficked? Or a world where the perfect male model was chosen to model a male romper? What would you rather have? No kids getting sex trafficked, right? Which actually helps them become stronger men and women later in life. They go through adversity and they come out of it, right? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, Kelly Clarkson. Or would you rather have some frumpy bitch... Some frumpy bitch in a, in, a, in a tasteless yellow bikini on the cover of Victoria's Secret. What would you rather have? Oh, he was close to Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, he was co- just Lane Maxwell. Oh, he was, he, was, he was allowing them to be sex trafficked, and not only allowing it, he was helping it. He was a, an accomplice to the, the most gruesome sex trafficking operation the world's ever seen. Shut your mouth. You didn't know him. You didn't know him like I did. Okay? You didn't know him like I did. I called him JLB. I said Jean-Luc Brunel. A lot of people call him Jean-Luc. I called him JLB. And he will be missed. He will be missed. To be quite honest with you folks, it might not even be a bad thing that you had these people running around sex trafficking children with what's going on in the schools these days. Listen to, listen to the fucking... Listen to this. I came across a few articles 
about school. Rochester schools monitor parents' social media posts, twice contacted critics' employers. The superintendent of Rochester Community Schools monitored the social media of parents who criticized the district, and he and a deputy reported posts to at least two employers and one police department the superintendent superintendent acknowledged in a deposition. So they're spying on the parents of, of kids who disagree with what is being taught in schools or how things are going about in public schools, which is paid for by their tax dollars, by the way. Right. So that's insane. That's a truly insane thing that's happening. Also, in a Republican state, the disgusting state of Florida, an amendment to Florida's Don't Say Gay bill could force schools to out gay and trans children. It would require teachers to inform parents of their child's sexual orientation within six weeks. Six weeks. HB 1557, HB stands for House Bill, also bans, quote, discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels. What the fuck? How is that congruent in any way, shape, or form? They're like, you can't talk about sexual orientation or, or gender norms, construction, whatever may come along with the LGBTQ bullshit in, you know, in that lesson plan. But also, you have to tell a parent that a kid's gay. By the way, I don't know who's coming out. Who's coming out to teachers? Like, who's coming out to teach? I, I knew a few gay people in high school, okay? First of all, they were already out. So I guess, it, but like, who's going who's gonna to come out to the English teacher? The English teacher is taking Xanax and drinking wine every time she gets home, okay? Nobody's coming out to teachers. So this thing about like, oh, you have to tell the parents, they don't know. These teachers, they're, they're zombies. Teachers in public schools don't even know the genders of, their chi- of the children they're teaching. They don't know the names of the, of the kids that they're teaching. They don't know the lesson plan. They don't know anything. They know nothing about about their job. They know nothing about the state of the world. They don't know where they are half the time. A lot of these teachers are drunks and they're taking drugs. I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of these public school teachers are, are, are medicated on uh, uh, a slew of SSRIs, antidepressants, a cocktail of opiates, and I can't imagine they don't abuse alcohol as well. They've probably got a little flask under the seat in their 1999 Toyota Camry, right? It's parked in a reserved spot. It's parked in the reserved spot for the eighth grade social studies teacher. If there are, they, they don't have the confidence in themselves that they will even stop at that red light, right? They might just say, I'll just keep on driving. And then maybe if a semi hits me, that's just, that's just God's will. I mean, what the fucking, what happened to just teachers teaching subjects, right? What happened to that? What happened to just teaching math, science, English, history, you know, government, civics, they call it. What happened to that? What happened to PE and recess? Why are we teaching, uh, 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 you know, it's okay to shove your semi-hard dick into an ass. And it's only semi-hard because you're unsure that what you're doing is good for you or the person you're doing it to. Okay, it's emotionally confusing, but you're chubbed up anyway. So you try to, you, you kind of push your somewhat soft penis in there. Like, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, it's like when a, a shoelace loses that, the, the plastic tip. So you got to take a pencil and shove it through there. That's what's, that's what you're doing. And they're teaching kids about this. I would assume this is what I've concocted in my head. 
why do we need to teach kids about this? And and then why do we need to put it on on the shoulders of the teachers to tell the parents that their kid is gay? I mean, do we really ex- do we trust teachers to be feeding parents correct information about their children's sexuality? Half the teachers these days are fucking the students. Right? And then you've got the, the, the education board, the boards of education in public schools spying on parents. I mean, so hey, is it such a bad thing that a kid was sex trafficked? At least he was taken out of public schools. Rest in peace, Jean-Luc Brunel. Jean-Luc Brunel. I hate French names. The soft J, the J, J it, it, it drives me insane, truly. He deserved to die simply for that. You know, you push the sex trafficking thing aside and the, the accomplice to Jeffrey, Ep- Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. He had a soft J in his name. Straight to the gulag. Straight to the gulag. There's no room in today's society for soft J's. Certainly not in first names. Next week. It's the big week, March 1st. I told you this already, and I'm going to tell you again. Patreon is launching. Go support, please, and thank you, okay? Don't go. Don't send money to the trucker convoy. They're going to freeze your bank accounts. Take that money, redirect it to my Patreon, okay? Redirect. the. I tell you what uh, GoFundMe can do with the money that they stole from people donating to the Trucker Convoy, direct it to my Patreon, okay? Exclusive content. This is what these people don't understand, okay? You get exclusive content, elite-tier content. You will find nowhere else, okay? And as of right now, from what I know, your bank account will not be frozen if you subscribe to my Patreon for now. I can't make any guarantees in the future, right? I I don't know what they're going to do. I never would have thought that they were going to freeze people's payments to the trucker convoy. That's absurd. You're going to get a killdozer situation. That's what seems to be happening with the... I wouldn't be shocked that's where it leads to with the trucker convoy. Canadian government says, you have to, if you cross over into America and then back into Canada, you cannot come back into Canada unless you had the vaccine. And a lot of truckers uh, uh, cross over into America. It's a big market, okay? They say, well, we don't want to have to do that. That doesn't make any sense. We, we work an isolated job. We're not around people. And they go, yeah, well, fuck you. Fuck you. You're going to do it anyway. And then they said, okay, but we don't want to. So what we're going to do is we're going to protest. We're going to organize a protest. We're going to occupy the city of Ottawa, which is the gayest fucking city to, be, to have the capital in. Ottawa? Christ. We're going to occupy it peacefully. We're not going to be violent. We're, not going to, we're just going to take all of our trucks and we're going to occupy to show you how much power we have. Okay? Because that's what a protest is good for. To show how much power the people have. So the government said, okay, you want to peacefully protest, which is well within your rights in this country? We're going to arrest you for no reason. We're going to arrest you for no reason. 
And then people on the outside said, this is all crazy. I, I want to support them. I want to support uh, them. I want to be able, I want to make sure they're able to keep continue doing what they're doing because I, I stand in solidarity with the message that they are spreading. Let's send food and supplies so they can stay there longer. And the police say, no, 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 we're not going to allow the food and supplies to get there. And they go, okay, well, then we don't have to do it. We'll just send them money so they can figure out a way to get. And they go, no, 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 we're going to freeze sending the money. We're going to freeze your money going to them. And they were like, okay. And at first they weren't even going to give it back to them. And then uh, GoFundMe were like, fine, we'll, we'll give it back to you. And then the government said, not only did we stop the money going to the convoy, which was a completely consensual and legal transaction, not only were we manipulating your cash flow, now we are going to freeze your bank accounts, effectively giving us complete and utter control over you. Well, to me, when you take, when you push people to that point, you're going to get killdozer. And you're going to get a lot of them. It's hard for me to imagine a future where there isn't, unless things drastically change, which I think, not drastically, at least they, at least they die down a bit. If things stay at the height, uh, the tension that they are at right now surrounding this bullshit, you know, state of emergency of COVID, it's hard for me to imagine not seeing violent rebellions right? Like many a killdozers roaming the streets. That is my best guess. Okay. But ideally, and this would be, this would be the ideal situation for me. Trudeau, uh, like my really good friend, Jean-Luc Brunel hangs himself. A new leader steps in, says, Hey, we're going to end, we're going to end all this bullshit. No more mandates. And the truckers go, finally, Thank you. That's all we wanted. And then they go back to their fucking weird cabins. I don't know. Truckers, they, they live weirdly. They go back. Everybody's fine, right? The money, everybody's bank accounts is unfrozen, and people are free to do what they want with their money as long as it's within the confines of the law, right? And everybody is happy. And, and, and by the way, all that money that was once frozen up then is now freed up to subscribe to my Patreon. That's what I want. That would be the ideal situation for me. And I think for the entire world is, you know, the Western world, certainly. I don't know how many, I don't know how many Iranian Muslims are interested in subscribing to my Patreon. Although I will say I did see that, uh, I had a 1% listenership in uh, Pakistan. Weird, right? Pakistan. So, Whoever you are, um, I take all forms of currency. Russia and Ukraine, we are in the thick of it, folks. We're thick right now. We're thick with Russia. We're thick with Ukraine, right? We got thick bulgers in this conflict. Um, I saw a thing on my uh, Twitter timeline today that... Uh, Luhansk, I, I don't know how to pronounce these, Luhansk, uh, it's, which is a region in uh, the Ukraine that's, that is uh, deemed itself independent from Ukraine. It's actually, it was hit with military shelling from the Ukrainian army. Uh, so it's, yeah, things are heating up a little bit over there. And of course, 
you know, America is nosy, so we're, we feel the need, apparently, to go over there and just, you know, we gotta, we gotta get a handle on this. We gotta figure out what's going on over there, right? And it's retarded, it's ridiculous. We have no reason to do anything about this, to be quite honest with you. We have no role to play in this, but God damn it, we're going to find one to play anyway. I want to read to you an article. Well, it's not in the, an entire article. It's a part of an article um, that I think gives a good background to what's happening uh, over there. Also in this article, before I move on, there, there was a high school, there is, it's still there, in South Dakota, called the Sioux Valley Cossacks. The Sioux Valley Cossacks. And I remember I played them in basketball one time. And I, I knew from the get-go we were going to lose to them because I was like, the Cossacks? That's their, that's their mascot? The Cossacks? I, what are they doing with their free time? Nuh-uh. No. I knew that we were going to take a loss on that one. I mean, that's insane. The Sioux Valley Cossacks? Are you outside your mind? Okay. But for the longest time, this was something that I discussed with uh, my father and my uh, grandfather for years after that. Years. And I guess we never looked up Cossacks. C-O-S-S-A-C-K-S. We never looked it up. But for the longest time, we wondered, what the fuck is a Cossack? Well, I found out reading this article. The Russian-Ukraine conflict solved, you know, it put a little missing piece of the puzzle in place in my life. Thank you, Russia, and thank you, Ukraine, and thank you, everybody who will inevitably die in this conflict for making the sacrifice for me to find that out. Don Cossack was a man who established the first or one of the first like official communities in the eastern region of Ukraine, the Donbas region, which is now the the region that has all the conflict. And so they had named the high school off of or or based on a a group of people who called themselves the Cossacks that established themselves in the eastern Ukraine in the early 1900s. And then when the Soviets came along, they didn't want to have anything to do with them. So they actually uh, started a campaign called decossification, I think. And they wiped them out, right? Because they didn't want to have any Cossacks in, in that. Well, they didn't want to have anything other than the Soviets, other than the Russians. So... That's what I learned. You learn, see, life is a circle. It's a circle. It's an, it's an infinite, you know, it's liberty and life in the pursuit of happiness. And it's Jean-Luc and it's, and it's Jeffrey and everything's all one, right? The circle of life. Jean-Luc Lion King. Okay. Jean-Luc Brunel Lion King. Let me read you a part of this article. Uh, the region's economy deteriorated severely in the ensuing years, however, the, uh, and this, this is, when they say ensuing years, they're talking post-separation, post, separation, post uh, the fracturing of the Soviet Union. And by 1993, industrial production had collapsed with average wages falling by 80% since 1990. Donbass was then in total crisis with many accusing the new central government of Kiev of mismanaging and neglect, of mismanagement and neglect. Donbass's invaluable coal miners went on strike in 1993, causing a conflict that was described by historian Louis Siegelbaum 
as a, quote, a struggle between the Donbass region and the rest of the country, unquote. One strike leader said that Donbass people had voted for independence because they wanted power to be given to the localities, enterprises, cities, not because they wanted heavily, monet- heavily centralized power moved from Moscow to Kiev. The strike was followed by a 1994 consultative referendum on various constitutional questions in Donetsk and Luhansk, which are the two regions that have become Russian separatists held concurrently with the first parliamentary elections in independent Ukraine. These questions included whether Russian should be declared an official language of Ukraine, whether Russian should be the language of the, of administration in Donetsk and Luhansk, whether Ukraine should federalize, and whether Ukraine should have closer ties with the Commonwealth of Independent States, the remnants of the Soviet Union. Almost 90% of voters voted in favor of these propositions. However, none of them were adopted. Ukraine remained a unitary state. Ukrainian was retained as the sole official language, and the Donbas gained no autonomy. In March of 2014, following the Euromaidan and the 2014 Ukrainian Revolution, large swaths of Donbas experienced major unrest. Large swaths of the Donbas experienced major unrest. This later grew into a war with pro-Russian separatists affiliated with the self-proclaimed Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics, both of which are now recognized by Russia, but not by any other member of the United Nations as a legitimate, as legitimate. Pro-Russian separatists in Donetsk and Luhansk regions took over government buildings in 2014, proclaiming the regions as independent people's republics of after Russia's annexation of Crimea from Ukraine. Since 2014, more than 1,400 people have been killed in fighting the Donbas region between pro-Russian separatists and Ukrainian forces. Ukraine and the West accuse Russia of backing the separatists both militarily and financially. So that gives a pretty good background from the 1990s, from the fall of the Soviet Union on to how we got here. And, you know, every fucking buddy in the mainstream media... And every mainline politician, both on the left and the right, are urging us to... They're, like, pushing us toward a fucking conflict with Russia. And anybody who says that they don't want to have anything to do with this all of a sudden becomes a, a Putin apologist. A, a communist sympathizer. Okay? And, and the problem is... Folks, what's 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 the number one thing I care about on this podcast? Okay? What's the number one thing that I care about on this podcast? Intellectual consistency. Okay? So let me ask everybody who's riled up and thinks we got to go defend democracy over there in the Ukraine. We got to figure out... Okay. But what about this, though? So what's happening is basically there are two... Uh, populations in the country that say we don't want to be a part of the Ukraine we don't want to be a part of it okay we don't want to be a part of it and Russia says you know what we agree we don't think you should have to be a part of it and we're going to send troops uh, over there so we can guarantee that you won't get forced back into a country you don't want to be a part of does that ring any bells does that ring any bells? What Does it sound similar to Taiwan? Does it sound similar to exactly what the fuck we're doing with Taiwan and China? Right? Taiwan was like, I don't want to be a part of China. 
I don't want to be a part of China. China was like, you're a part of us. They said, no, we're not. We don't want to be a part of you. We want to secede from you. We don't want to be, we want to be independent. And America went, yeah, you know, I agree. I agree. I, I don't think you should have to be a part of something that you don't want to be. And to ensure that they don't force you back into that, we're going to send troops over there to help, to help you out. So everybody who's riled up about what's happening in Ukraine and what Russia is doing to back the separatists, why are they not upset about Taiwan? Why are they not upset about Taiwan? Shouldn't they then be mad at the U.S. government for sending troops to Taiwan? Why all of a sudden do they care about this notion of a country defending uh, uh, a state that does not want to be a part of another state and is being forced to? Right? We supported Hong Kong. We were fervently in support of Hong Kong being independent of China, even though it was written in, in a contract. It was written down in a contract that after a hundred years, Britain would give Hong Kong to China. And, the, and every, each party involved in that situation knew about the contract. We still, in America, supported Hong Kong saying you shouldn't have to be a part of a country that you don't want to be a part of. And now Russia is doing literally exactly the same thing with these two populations in the Donbass region of Ukraine. And everybody's going batshit. Who gives a fuck? We do it all the time. But Zach, no, no other member of the United Nations recognizes them, is it? Shut up. What about the, hey, hey, what about the Israeli settlements in the West Bank? Hmm? What about that? Do you know which members of the United Nations recognize Israeli settlements in the West Bank as legitimate? I'll give you a hint. It's just us. It's just us and Israel. Just like it's just Russia and Luhansk, just like it's just Russia and Donetsk. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing these names right, but you understand what I'm saying. No intellectual consistency. Why should we tell these two populations they have to be a part of Ukraine? And why should we be able to tell Russia that they can't support them? Why would why do we have the authority to do that? You know, I saw a tweet. Let me see if I can pull it up. It perfectly, it it just perfectly summed up this whole fucking debacle. So this was this was somebody tweeting back to the argument that we should stay out of uh, uh, Ukraine and just kind of let Russia do whatever they're going to do because it's none of our business. In this argument, how do you determine the smallest unit with a right to self-determination? Could a city secede from a state or province as well as the nation? Could an individual secede from it all? Bingo! Yes, queen! Yes! Bingo! You hit the, you hit the nail on the head there. Who is this? J-Rod, at Dr. Demosthenes. 
J-Rod. Hey, J-Rod, big man, hey, big man, big boy, you hit the nail on the head. Now, I'm not entirely sure how you're using that question to fortify your argument, but you've, you've asked the golden question. How do you determine the smallest unit with a right to self-determination? What's the, what's the litmus test? How can you possibly do that? You've got the golden question. You got the golden ticket, big brother. Run home. You got the golden ticket. You open the candy bar. You got the golden ticket. Run home. You're in your poor people clothes. You're in rags. You run home. And then you open the door. And there's like nine people sharing a bed for some reason. Okay? There's like nine people sharing a bed in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and nobody explains it because it's clear that that bed is big enough to hold nine people. So if you can afford a bed big enough to pack in nine people, you can probably also afford nine separate twin mattresses. So I'm not entirely sure why they chose to do it that way, but it's none of my business. You got the golden ticket. You're taking your uncle to the fucking chocolate factory, okay? You're taking your uncle to the chocolate factory and the one with Gene Wilder, not the one with fucking Johnny Depp because Johnny Depp made Willy Wonka seem like a pedophile. Take him to the factory, you tour in the factory, you get the chocolate. You know, Willy Wonka, he probably would have been sued in modern times for uh, uh, biased hiring standards, right? Discriminatory hiring practices. Because he would only hire midgets. He would only hire midgets. He didn't have any, like, black women on staff. Right? He didn't have, like, a, he didn't have, like, a strong gay man running the accounting division. He would only hire little midgets that would run around and do a choreographed dance after a child died, right? Or I don't know, did they die, or were they just hurt, right? A, chi- a child would, you know, he'd die from an aneurysm, and then they would just dance. Just little midgets, midgets they just, they had prepared dances for when, the, when a child was paralyzed from the neck down. And then they took the, you ever notice, they took the parents, somewhere like after the kid after something horrible happened to the kid they just took the parents somewhere and my theory is that they took him to like a gulag style prison where they would keep them so they would not sue the factory for their son uh you know going into cardiac arrest due to one of the fucking attractions right so there's probably just a huge like courtyard of fucking confused and Sad parents on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The point is, J-Rod, you got the golden question. How can you possibly determine the smallest unit of self-determination? What's the litmus test? What individual or governing body or entity has the intellectual capacity and and moral and ethical authority and uh, omniscience to... Put the line in the sand to determine what is um, a fair call for self-determination. A beneficial call for self-determination. And, and which group of peoples it should be able to declare independence and shouldn't be, declare, uh, shouldn't be allowed to declare independence. Who gets to make that call? Who can make that call? Okay. And I'm assuming, J-Rod, that you were asking this uh, as a rhetorical question. Nobody can. Nobody can answer that. Nobody can answer that. Nobody can answer 
what the smallest unit with a right to self-determination is. Nobody can answer that question. But yet, to justify us going into Ukraine and fighting a war over this, we would have to be saying we can justify it. And we can justify it in a, in a, in a layered sense because we've already said that Taiwan has a right to independence and self-determination. We've deemed them capable of doing that and having the right to do so. And we've also said that the Donbass region in Ukraine can't do that. And Russia can't support them. Yet, we've just determined that nobody can set the standard for that. It's, it's subjective. There's no way to give a concrete uh, uh, measurement to this. It's not something you can measure in numbers. There's no formula to figure this out. Okay, and there's nobody smart enough or there's no entity smart enough or moral enough or, or spiritually transcendent enough to be able to make this determination. Right, to get this call right every single time. And by the way, the people who say, oh, Zach, you're a Putin apologist, you're a communist sympathizer, I don't think what Putin very well may have intentions of invading Ukraine. Okay? He very, very, I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't say that he's a, he's a gentle, empathetic guy. Would you? No. But it's not our fucking business. Let's just pretend that Putin does have those intentions. Which, again, maybe he does. I don't know. He's a psychopath. Putin is a psychopath. Okay? And he just started fucking ground campaign all the way to Poland's border. I still don't think the U.S. should do anything about it. Why should the U.S. bear the brunt of a war, right? Carry the weight of a war on their shoulders of a country that we're not even really allies with. They're not in NATO. And, you know, I mean, why? It's sad, yes. I don't want anybody to be invaded. I don't want anybody to die. But... Because it's happening, we now have to make a choice to send troops over to a country that we're not, you know, allies with, really. Uh, you know, thousands of miles away that's already very closely related in culture to Russia. And there's already separatist movements. And the people who really are, are Ukrainian nationalists are Nazis. And we're going to do all this amidst rapid inflation and surging CPI numbers. Right. Meanwhile, the, the, the cultural fabric of our nation has stretched to the thinnest point it's ever fucking been at. Really? I mean, is it, who cares? Russia could invade Ukraine without any hindrances, take it all the way to the Polish border, and we shouldn't do shit about it, folks. I hate to tell you. Because what are they, cause they go, well, then they're going to be right up next to Poland. Right. Okay, what do you think they're going to do? You think they're going to invade Poland? Do you think now let, let's let's ask ourselves this. Do you think Russia will invade Poland? Ask yourself that, truly. Will Russia invade a NATO territory? Start a war with NATO, which would most certainly end in a nuclear holocaust. Do you think 
that Russia is unaware of the theory of mutual assured destruction, right? Do you think that Russia has any intention of invading a NATO country? Starting a war that would end the world. Now, I'm not saying Putin wouldn't want to fracture NATO. I want to fracture NATO. It doesn't make any fucking sense anymore. I'm not saying he doesn't want to fracture NATO, but do you think that he'd invade Poland? You think the Poles would have to be scared? Those Polacks? What do you think? There's a Honda Civic outside. Fucking no muffler. Honda Civic, no muffler. Those are the people we should send to Ukraine. People who drive Honda Civics with no muffler. Just send them straight to the separatist territories and watch their head get blown off. I don't give a fuck about them. Do you think do you think Putin would invade Poland? Ask yourself that, okay? Because we would have the Polish border lined, okay? Lined. Be like the fucking 2014 Ravens defense, right? There's nothing they could do. So who gives a fuck if they invade Ukraine, even if they take it all the way to the Polish border? Who gives a fuck? Who gives really a fuck about what Putin's intentions are? I mean, more and more, we sound like the bad guys. I mean, this seems this is a pretty clear-cut situation where we are the bad guys. We are the suppressors, the oppressors, us in Ukraine. Saying to a population of people who have not wanted to be a part of Ukraine since the fracturing of the Soviet Union. Saying, we know it's been 30 years, but fuck you, you still have to be with us. You have to. Which again, I thought was always kind of anti-US morality, seeing as we're backing Taiwan in the same exact situation. There was a guy who tweeted this, he said, Putin's main foreign policy goals, splinter NATO from within, weaken the transatlantic alliance, get the U.S. out of Syria, weaken the U.S. by creating political chaos. Trump is the best investment Putin ever made. I mean, <laughs> hey, maybe I am a Putin apologist. I don't know. I mean, that kind of, I mean, three out of the four sound good to me. Don't they to you? Splinter NATO from within. Weaken the transatlantic alliance and get the U.S. out of Syria. Yeah, I mean, what's the, what's the downfall? What's the downside there? We save some of our money and to actually take care of our people here. Like what? We don't. We don't back ISIS in Syria. We don't back neo Nazis in Ukraine. We stop funding organizations that end up becoming terrorist groups that will then attack us. Wow, that's actually, you know, that Putin, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. That doesn't sound like a bad idea, Putin. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to interrupt your scheduled programming here, but I've got some breaking news. I'm recording this uh, the day after the original recording. Russia has officially invaded Ukraine. You probably have already heard about this at this point. Um... But they have 
officially invaded well past the uh, Donbass region uh, of Donetsk and Luhansk. They are, I believe they're in Kiev. I don't think they're fucking around, to be quite honest with you. I think they're in Kiev, and Putin said, Putin, I saw an article, he said the reason he's in there is for, uh, uh, to, to denazify Ukraine. He's there to denazify Ukraine. And, uh, and that's a lie, for sure. <laughs> for sure. He said that it's not going to be an occupation, that the troops are not going to stay. They're simply there to denazify Ukraine, whatever that consists of. I'm sure it has to do with seizing weapons and, you know, other things. But that's, that's the excuse he's given. And Ben Shapiro, he quote tweeted the article. He was like, well, the leader of the Ukraine is a Jew, so I don't know what you're talking about, denazification. It's like, well, Ben, also, there's a pretty big population of Nazis in Ukraine, right? They have a political party that's not that fringe. They have a very well-armed, well-manned, well-funded, and well-known militia that has has grown substantially since 2014, particularly when uh, the U.S. started backing uh, the the Nazi political party and funding the militia. Um, but no, I, I you know I don't think he's there to denazify Ukraine, which is unfortunate because they do need a good denazifying. But Putin isn't, you know, I don't think Putin is the 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 person to do that. Uh, as far I mean, this changes how I look at it. It makes the comparison I made to Taiwan seem fucking retarded at this point. And I'm not even I'm not going to go back and delete it. I want you to go back and listen to how wrong I was. Um, like I said, I w- I'm not shocked that he invaded. Right. I I think I said that in the original recording that he sw- he could very well invade. You know, this is something that that Putin probably enjoys. This is probably something that's very sexually arousing to him. He's a psychopath. He's unhinged. Um, but the comparison I made to Taiwan now makes absolutely no fucking sense. I felt like a genius yesterday. I feel like a retard today. But I've told you multiple times, folks, that I am mentally retarded because the uh, comparison does not stand, obviously, because we have not invaded China. We have not put uh, troops on the ground in China like Russia has on uh, Ukrainian soil. But I am watching the live coverage at the moment. The... I believe they've taken the airport. They've surrounded like the airport in Kiev. I believe they've they've been attacking military sites. It's uh, Biden's about to speak, he's speak here in a half hour. I'm not going to talk that long, and I don't really. I'm not very interested in what he has to say unless he fucking tells us we're going in. Because by the way, I still have a staunch opposition to going in. Right. It's still none of our business. I believe in the ori- the, the original co- uh, recording that I did yesterday. I said, even if it goes to the the Polish border, still none of our fucking concern. Um, As far as what's going to happen next, my best guess would be that they will linger, Russia will linger in Ukraine, and it will probably just slowly turn into a Russian puppet state. Um, You know, like I said, from, from 2014 on... It was an American puppet state, 
and I can't imagine Putin was thrilled with that. So I'm assuming this is his plan to just turn it into a Russian puppet state and and show America that because I, I think a lot of people are confusing Putin. Putin, I don't think, has too much contempt for Ukraine. OK, he's had contempt for what's been going on in the Ukraine, uh, but that anger is directed toward America because a lot of the political uh, transformation is due solely to uh, the coup that we fomented in 2014 and and you know it's it's his anger is toward America this is a this is a fuck you to America and it doesn't really seem to have anything to do with um, Ukraine the media is you know of course they're saying an unprovoked attack that's what they were saying an unprovoked attack by Putin, which, you know, it's not, that's not really accurate. I mean, you know, if you can, uh, we, by the way, it, it, again, all of this kind of expands outward toward NATO um, and America in specific. <clears throat> NATO wasn't suppo- supposed to go past East Germany. That was what we agreed to. We broke that promise. Um Again, we fomented a coup in in the Ukraine uh, uh, in 2014, backing a Nazi party and a anti-Russia, pro-Western leader, and installing a a a a sort of a false leader, like we've done in many countries. Specifically, you know, this is has striking resemblances to what happened in Iran Um, in the 50s. uh, Economic sanctions, the CIA, and this could be. Too. I think Scott Horton was talking about this to Reed Coverdale. Uh, what's happening, or what happened in Belarus with the CIA-backed assassination attempt on the president uh, Lushenko? You know, and I, w- whether or not, let's pretend even that's just not true. The KGB does seem to think it's true, and Putin definitely thought it was true that the CIA backed an assassination attempt on the Belarus president Lushenko. Which, you know, again, this is very on par with the CIA's behavior. Um. So I don't know if you can call this unprovoked. This is proxy warfare. I think what we're realizing now, what we're realizing now, is we were in a Cold War all along. We just weren't seeing it. We were like, oh, we don't want Biden to, to, you know, we don't want Biden to get us into another Cold War, Cold War 2.0. Cold War 2.0 has been here, bitch. Gone, done, been here. And it started... Really, probably, with the expansion of NATO under Obama during the Obama years, and then really heightened during in the 2014 Ukrainian election, which uh, the CIA completely fucked with. So, I think all this proves was we were already here, bitch. We were already yas queening in Ukraine and and attempting to yas queen our way into the hearts. Uh, of Russia to the point where they felt the need, or Putin felt the need, to to yas queen us back, and yeah, that's all. That's all. Breaking news. I thought I'd give you a bit of breaking news, right? I thought I'd give you a little breaking news. Putin decided to pull the trigger. Putin pulled the trigger on the pistol. He pulled the trigger on the sex pistol. We'll call him Sex Putin. 
That'll be the name of this episode. We call him Sex Putin. Sex Putin pulled the sex pistol, and now he's in Ukraine. And Lord knows what he's going to do in there. I can guarantee he's not going to denazify much. I'm assuming he's got some ulterior motives. Like I said, I believe the what he's doing is just going to, he's just going to turn it into a puppet state. He's going to instill a pro-Russian leader, much like we did in 2014. And it'll probably flip-flop. It'll probably uh, probably flip-flop. It is a strategic location, both um, you know, for trade and for military purposes. It is a it's one of those locations in the world where it's nice to control it. It's nice to control it. As far as as, you know, s- determining, I think what was I talking about? Determining the 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 smallest unit of self-determination. The principle still stands. Like I said, we hated Russia for annexing Crimea and and for backing these separatist groups, but they vote Crimea and and these two territories in the Donbas region, they voted to be a part of Russia. Again, this is this is not something that that you know Putin went in and bloodied everybody up in Crimea and and those two regions. No, it's it's a pretty natural shift away from Ukraine. Like I said, is it it's you know did he need to go into Kiev? No, but that's Putin. Putin's a psychopath. Putin's a psychopath sex pistol. He's a loose cannon. He's a loosey-goosey. He's a sex pistol. He's a sex cannon. He's a sex Putin. Okay? Um, but again, main point, not our problem. Not our problem. None of this is our problem. Hopefully when Biden speaks in about 15 minutes at this point, he does not announce to, uh, you know, that we're going to send any troops over there because, God, I might, have to, I might have to do another one of these. If he fucking, if he announces that we're, we're getting involved in this, I might have to do another one of these. To his credit, he hasn't seemed too hawkish on this. He's been very ambivalent. The media and, and well, the media is just pushing pushing for war. But the White House and Biden has been somewhat ambivalent and I you know, ambiguous. I like that. I like that because it's better than just saying we're going to war. It's it's not as good as saying we're not going to get involved, which he did say earlier, much earlier that we were not going to get involved in a conflict with between Russia and Ukraine, which it'd be nice if he kept that promise, but you know, I don't know if Biden's the best at keeping promises. So hopefully in 15 minutes I won't have to get back on the fucking microphone and start screaming about how we shouldn't send troops into Ukraine because I still staunchly support staying the fuck out. Staying the fuck out. Mind your business. Drink your water. Eat your greens. Don't stick your nose in other people's business, okay? We have got weight to lose. Instead of making fun of other fat people, let's lose our own weight, okay? Let's hop on the treadmill instead of fucking... Trying to critique somebody's fucking foreign policy. There's no goddamn reason for us to be involved in this conflict. We have conflicts at home. We have conflicts at home, folks. I'm Flint still doesn't have clean water. So let's, t- you know, there's a few things we can take uh, take care of. We can take care of here, okay? Um, but I wanted to give you the breaking news about the invasion and uh, back to your scheduled programming. Maybe we go out, you and me, Putin. I find out what hole you like to put it in. What hole? Hey, hey, Putin. Everybody sit down and shut the fuck up. Listen to this. Hey, Putin. What hole are you putting it in? 
Fuck yeah. Come on, now I'm on fucking fire. Go subscribe to the Patreon right now. It's not out yet, but March 1st, you go do it. You remember with the joke that I just made? You fucking keep that energy, you go, you scub, uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Poot, subscribe to the Patreon. Okay? He told me. He said, as soon as it's out, just let me know. I'm going to subscribe. I'm going to get you the $20 tier. He said, I'm going to do the $20 tier because I want to hear the new episodes of Are You Out of Your Fucking Skull? And I said, thank you, Putin. Thank you, Putin. I'll do, the be I'll do my best to keep us out of Ukraine. Okay? So you can violently murder and rape whoever you want over there. I don't appreciate intellectual inconsistency. And this is literally a blaring... Uh, example of how retarded, ridiculous, um, naive, uh, uh, insane, irrational, illogical, and and immoral, truly, and hypocritical U.S. foreign policy is. It's just, a, it's just, it couldn't be more of a perfect example. Okay. We're moving on, though. We're moving on. The CDC, this is in the New York Times, the CDC isn't publishing large portions of the COVID data it collects. The agency has withheld critical data on boosters, hospitalizations, and until recently, wastewater analyses. Which is interesting, because that's where we found out the Omicron was, was from. It was not in South Africa where it originated. It originated in New York City from wastewater. Not a lot of people know that. Uh, COVID data will not be published over concerns that's misrepresented by anti-vaxxers. So they are withholding data because they're afraid of how we will take it. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. It's not the misrepresentation, falsification, and manipulation of the data by the media. It's how we will receive it. That's the problem, folks. You're the problem. You are the problem. Okay? And you should be ashamed of yourself. You understand? And COVID's never going to go away. And that's why we have to go to war with Russia. Because we got to fight COVID in Russia. We gotta, that's how, what we're doing. Russia is COVID and we're fighting COVID. And we need to fight. If you are anti-invading Ukraine, you want my grandmother with a comorbidity to die. You're selfish, right? All of those trucker convoy protesters, those anti-vaxxers, they're Putin apologists, and they want Putin to rule the world with an iron fist. Okay? They're withholding COVID data. It's At this point, do we just... I mean, do we French Revolution-style just start taking out every single person of power in this country. I mean, they're admitting to you that they're lying to you. They've just admitted to you that they are withholding information, which is actually uh, against the Hippocratic Oath because the Hippocratic Oath requires informed consent. So they're admitting to you that they are no longer going to allow you the right to informed consent. What do we do? What do we do? Okay, we can't we can't protest about it because then our bank accounts will get frozen, right? Because then we're violent domestic terrorists and we're put on a list. So what do we do? Right? 
You can't you can't even take ivermectin, even though now it's by the way, the queen's taking ivermectin. The queen was diagnosed with COVID-19. She's taking something called stromectol. And if you look, I have a picture of it up here. Uh, stromectol, three milligrams. This is what it says on the box. Four tablets, each containing three milligrams of ivermectin. And it's a, it's approved in uh, Australian hospitals for severe cases, by the way. So, you know, that now that narrative is, is, is starting to unravel. The whole ivermectin doesn't work. But God forbid, I mean, R- Rogan took ivermectin and the world went nuts. The state is no longer shielding its bad intentions, its sinister and insidious intentions. Two good horror movies, Sinister and Insidious. Sinisidious. And you can't do anything about it. Right? You can't protest because the cops will show up, they'll fuck you up. The cops will show up, they'll fuck your ass up. A lot of people <laughs> seem to now you seem to now be coming to the realization that cops do not protect and serve the community. Okay? A lot of pro-cop people seem to blindly, genuinely believe that cops are are put in place to protect and serve the people. That is their duty. And whether or not they carry it out is one thing, but that is what the job description is. To protect and serve your community. That's not true at all. That's just, that's backwards. Okay, I got into an argument with somebody about this, and I was saying it's not a cop's job to protect the community or to serve the community. It's not at all. That's, I mean, it's literally not even in the job description. Okay, it might be on the side of the cars. It's not on the job description. Okay, it's, 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 they have no obligation to the community, actually. Zero. And he was like, yeah, but what about, what if they see a guy murdering somebody? And I'm like, well, they serve the state. They carry out the enforcement of the law that the state told them to carry out. And they're like, yeah, but then he's also serving. And it's like, yes, there are some overlapping interests of the community and the government. Yeah, of course. But he does not serve the community. He serves the state. He serves the government. And a very easy way to figure this out is, let's play a little hypothetical, folks. If 100% of this of the population of the city that you live in, okay, the city police, right? Works for the city police. We're talking about the city police and a, and a city. 100% of the population of your city vote to end the enforcement of weed laws, we'll say. We'll say. 100%. They vote. You can't enforce weed laws anymore. We've decided as a community that that is no longer going to be an arrestable offense. But then the city police go to the city government and say, hey, um, are we keeping the weed law intact? Are we still arresting people for weed? And the city said, yes, arrest people for weed. Do you think that the police would stop arresting people for weed or would they listen to the city and they would continue to arrest people for weed? You know the answer. They don't serve the community. They serve the government. And like I said, there are overlapping interests of the government and individuals, sure. 
But when it boils down to the brass tacks and the balls on a monkey of a hairless cat, they serve the government. Like I said, it doesn't matter. You could have 100% of a community say, we don't want cops to go down this street anymore. If the city says, all cops only go down that street now, guess what the cops are going to do? Because there's this thing where it's like, well, the people pay the, the, the cops. It's like, yeah, but not really anymore. It'd be one thing if, if they were actually getting checks from people in their community. They're not. The money goes to the government... And then the government pays, right? Now you can pretend, you can say, oh, that's our money though. It's like, yeah, but you're not in control of it. Who cares? Yes, it's our money. Of course, it's our money that we earned, but we are no longer in control of it. If I earned $50, but I left it on the bus and somebody picked it up and used it to buy a sack of weed... Did I pay the weed dealer or did the person who found the $50 pay the weed dealer? The person who found the $50 paid the weed dealer. They just happened to get somebody else's money to subsidize their transaction. Correct? And now the weed dealer who was paid with my money but paid by some uh, paid with my money but was paid for by some or paid to by somebody else, that weed dealer does not now owe me. He does not serve me. Just because it was my money that the guy used, he does not now owe me, and he's not going to serve me, right? Yes, it was my $50 that I earned, but the guy found it, paid hit, uh, uh, the weed dealer. Now the weed dealer gave the bag of weed to that guy. It's the same situation. They're paid with their... No, they're not. I mean, yes, again, it's our money that we earned, but... They didn't get paid by us. So they serve the government. And they will enforce the laws that the government tells them to enforce. And I am I am losing a lot of confidence in the ability of our police uh, force to stand up to immoral and unjust laws. Look at what's happening in Canada. There was videos of police just beating protesters for nothing. Just arresting protesters for nothing. I mean, it's I, I have never been an anti-police guy. But it's... As of late, it's, it's becoming very difficult to justify being pro-police. Because it seems like every fucking day, they're giving me another reason not to like them. I mean, the shit that happened with Amir Locke recently, where... A, a, a no-knock warrant, again, this insane ability of cops to just literally break into a person's house, house without identifying themselves, okay? They have a no-knock warrant. They go and, and, and shoot the wrong person, right? They go into a, a pers- the wrong person's house, a person who had nothing to do with the, the, the warrant that they were executing, they walk through, they break into, or they don't even walk through, they break down the fucking door, And then Amir Locke, who is a legal gun owner, thinks, oh shit, somebody's breaking into my house, okay? So I'm going to protect myself. Start shooting, and then the cops shoot him and he dies, right? So an innocent man was just killed at the hands of the police. 
I, it's becoming difficult to, and they say, well, Zach, you gotta get mad at the law, not the cop. Well, okay, yes, yes. And that's actually my point. And fair enough. Fair enough. I do think that you should be, you should get really upset at the fact that a no-knock warrant is an authority that the law has over its citizens that is insane and it's disgusting. Okay, I understand that. But also, we do have to get mad at the cops a little bit because you're not even executing them correctly. That's fucking pathetic. If you can't carry out a no-knock warrant correctly, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it in the first place. But if you're picking the wrong house, you can't make a mistake in a no-knock warrant. You can't make a mistake because then somebody dies. Somebody innocent dies. Okay? They say, well, it's just mistakes happen. Okay, yeah, mistakes happen. You're right. Sometimes a, a person didn't see a stop sign, but just because they didn't see the stop sign does not mean they don't go to prison for manslaughter when they hit somebody. And these cops, will, there'll be, there, nothing will happen to them. Nothing will happen to them. Because they're going to make the argument, they made a mistake. It's, all these guys. it's just an honest mistake. Okay, but again, people go to prison for mistakes. For negligence, they call it. Those, those cops should go to prison. What's the, what's the usual manslaughter uh, uh, sentence? 10 years? 10, 15 years? The cops should go to prison. And we should end no-knock raids. What the fuck is that? It just becomes very difficult that every fucking day in New Jersey, just in my fucking home state, not home states, the state I have a home in, but it's not my home state. Uh, in Bridgewater, you see the video of a fucking, it's, he wasn't even a white kid, it was like a Mexican kid or something. Lightly complected, though, how I like it. Um, he starts a fight with a black kid, Right, and he was the one, he was the aggressor. He shoves the black kid, they get into a fight, cops come, and they fucking just cuff the black guy, and the, and the fucking white-looking Mexican just sits down on a couch. They, like, comfort him, they, like, pet him on the head, and they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And they're just cuffing the fucking black kid for no apparent reason. They, 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 they had no knowledge of the context, and they said the black kid for sure is the one we're going after. Okay. It's, I mean, it's, it's a constant bombardment of bullshit that the police are doing, right? They were arresting people in New York City. They're, they were like, I was talking to somebody, and I, they were like, oh, that's Canadian police. They're different than U.S. police. No, they're not. No, they're fucking not. They arrested people on an Applebee's for not having a vaccine passport. In Arizona, the House Committee just approved a bill to criminalize filming cops on the job. It's becoming very difficult to defend police. Because police have, don't seem to have any ability or urge to stop enforcing immoral laws. We have to stop looking at police as defendants of the community. People who protect and serve the community. That's not true. They protect and serve the government. And I'm not a person, I'm not a, a libertarian or one of those fucking far-out leftists who believe that we shouldn't have a police force. I'm not saying that. We, have to, we certainly have to have some sort of police force. I do not think that, you know, privatizing 
the security sector, the domestic security sector of our country is going to make any things any safer or any less corrupt. In fact, I think it'll ramp it up. But again, these videos and this the behavior of police lately with with the enforcing of of all these the the COVID shit and everything, it's becoming very difficult to think that they are on our side, and it's because they're not. Pro police people need to understand that. Although, yes, not every, in fact, most police, uh, policemen are good people. Most cops are good people, truly. They are good people. But when it comes down to it, even if the laws that they are being asked to enforce are immoral and unconstitutional, they are there to serve and protect the government. It's their job, okay? And they don't want to lose their job because they want to feed their families, it's, an, it's not unreasonable to not want to lose your job. But understand what the job is. They have no obligation to you. They have no obligation to truth. They have no obligation to the Constitution. They have no obligation to morality. They have no obligation to justice. They have no obligation to uh, any individual or community or ideology or anything. All they have an obligation to is carrying out the enforcement of the laws that the state puts in place. That is their job description. And because the government is becoming more tyrannical and authoritarian, the cops are becoming more tyrannical and authoritarian. It's a, it's a positive relationship between the two. Right? When one thing happens, when, you know, when one goes up, the other goes up. When one goes down, the other goes down. It's just how it works. That's how the job works. Okay? But enough with all this serious talk. Okay? I gotta get to the list. Folks. I gotta get to the list, folks. I have been repulsed by the amount of people I've had to interact with who drive a Tesla. And I don't know why, but the past two days, I've just... I, I mean, it's... It's ridiculous how many Teslas are on the road. And they're not good-looking cars. They they look at this point if you drive a Tesla, it's the same as driving like a like a Hummer. Okay? You're a douchebag. You're a douchebag. If somebody offered me a Tesla, I wouldn't take it. Okay? It's it's a ridiculous car. Electric vehicles are are more harmful to the environment than regular vehicles because of all the fucking fossil fuels that are burned in the electric plants to keep the fuck and and the lithium mines and all that 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 allow the fucking car to even operate and like i said everybody who drives one is a fucking cunt so i came up with the, uh, a list of things that i'd rather do than drive a tesla Okay. Number one, listen to an entire Nine Inch Nails album. Number two, do fentanyl with Prince. I'd rather do fentanyl with Prince and overdose than fucking drive a Tesla. Next one, swim in a YMCA pool with an open wound because that's going to get infected. <laughs> but I'd rather do it than drive a Tesla. I'd rather lose a leg to fucking... To, to 
to a staph infection. Next one, drag race with Paul Walker. I'd rather drag race with Paul Walker than watch Paul Walker drive past me and slam into the median and die on impact in a Tesla. I'd rather fish hook my urethra and bungee jump off of the Mario Cuomo Bridge in New York than drive a Tesla. I'd rather sit in between my girlfriend and my mother and listen to them have a conversation over a bottle of wine. Because that's just going to, that's going to be real rough. That's going to, like the entire conversation will fucking just devolve into the sounds of a Honda Civic without a muffler. It's going to be, it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to make you want to blow your brains out. But I think I would rather do that than drive a Tesla. I'd rather walk barefoot in Newark, New Jersey than drive a Tesla. Next one, I'd rather be forced at gunpoint to go to the gym twice a day and take mirror selfies and videos and post them on a fitness page on Instagram that my mother and father figured out how to follow. Then drive a Tesla. I'd rather deal with a sad, recently divorced office worker at a bar than have to drive a fucking Tesla. And the last uh, list item, the last thing that I would rather do than drive a Tesla, is get a foot job from the corpse of a World War I soldier who died from trench foot. That's the show! What is it? What is it? It is the 23rd. You're going to be listening to this on the 24th. So the 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th. Five days from now, my Patreon will be launching. Okay? Go subscribe, please. I'm pushing it hard. I'm selling it to you, but that's because you're getting a good product, baby. You're getting a good product. Right? Are you thinking about donating money to support the truckers in Canada or the truckers that will be occupying uh, DC on March? I think it's actually on March 1st. When's the State of the Union? Is it March 1st or 3rd? Well, whenever it is, uh, a, a trucker convoy in the U.S. will be occupying D.C., or so they say. If you're going to give money to that, don't don't take the risk of freezing your bank account. Give it to daddy. Give it to daddy. I'll give you more than what the truckers will give you. Okay? I'll give you that premium, exclusive content. Maybe I'll do a, maybe I'll do a show of ASMR. Would you like that? If I did a show of ASMR? Let me turn my mic. Would you like it if I did an ASMR show? Maybe I can do an ASMR show on my Patreon. What do you think about that? Would you like that? Do you like me? I'm rubbing my facial hair on the pop filter. lips coming together. Please subscribe is the point. And, uh, yeah. Like I said, you still get your free ones. If you want to be a cheap bitch, 
you'll get your four free ones. But I don't think you want to be a cheap bitch. I think you want to be a subscriber to my Patreon. I think you want to be either a part of the Whiskey Mob, or you want to be a Bone Marrow guy, or you want to join the elite tier of Raw Time. I think you want to do it. I believe in you, and I believe in me, and I believe in the truckers, and I believe in John Luke Brunel, and I believe that all of those things had positive, beneficial uh, impacts on society. I believe my Patreon will have a very uh, a beneficial th- uh, uh, impact on society. I believe that if we just, maybe maybe we do go to war with Russia, and we wipe out half the population, that will make less podcast competition for me. If we can kill Rogan in that, that'd be nice, because then we're going to take 11 million people who divert their attention to that fucking podcast, and we're going to bring it right over to my Patreon. It's going to make me a little bit more money. Make a little money, make a little money cocktail. So, you know, hey, let's not, maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm, in fact, I am wrong. I take it all back. I want to go into the Ukraine. I want to fight. I want to fight for our right to podcast, okay? That's what the Russians are taking from you. They're taking your right to podcast away, all right? We need to fight for our right to podcast, and Russia is a threat to that. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of podcasting. Every human being is born with those three rights. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of podcasting, and the pursuit of pussy. He's trying to take a pussy away. Fuck you, Putin. You pussyless Putin. He's a pussyless Putin. He doesn't get any pussy. That's why he's fucking all riled up. He wants to invade Ukraine. Okay? The pussyless Putin wants to invade Ukraine to the Polish border. The pussyless Putin in Poland. The pussyless Putin in Poland. That's what it is. Okay? How do we stop it? Subscribe to my Patreon. Okay? Subscribe to my Patreon. And I will direct... The, the U.S. military and the CIA and the FBI in the right direction to stop any imperialist encroachment from either one of the two fucking communist countries over there, China or Russia in the Eastern Hemisphere. We don't want any of that. Now I'll help it out. All right. But thank you for listening, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed me. I enjoy you. And I enjoy doing this podcast, and I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast. Thank you. Thank you.